pour through me, Lord God. Move me out of myself, Lord God. I step aside, Lord. Flow freely through me, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As we get ready to go into this word, it's a pastoral word, really. And I pray that your, eye, your ears will be open, your heart will be attentive, your spirit will receive what God has to say on today. Now, I got a question for you. Have you ever heard of the Peanuts comic strip? Yeah. You know, that's Charlie Brown and Patty and Sharmy and Snoopy, Violet Gray Schroeder, Lucy Van Pelt, Linus Van Pelt, Pig Pen, Frida Woodstock, Peppermint Patty. Franklin, Marcy, Rerun Van Pelt, <laughs> Eudora, Peggy G, and finally Sally Brown, who is Charlie Brown's younger sister. In one of the episodes, uh, she was struggling with her memory verse for Sunday morning. And as she was absorbed, as she was so absorbed in her thoughts, trying to figure out her verse, another thought popped into her mind. Maybe she felt she thought it was something from the book of reevaluation. <laughs> something from the book of reevaluation. She never did remember her memory verse, but the principle is this: we should always read the Bible with the intent of reevaluating our attitudes and actions to make sure they, that they are in line with the truth of God's word. So as I said last week, Jesus said he, he is the truth and his truth will make us free. Our truth as believers should not be based on our feelings, experiences, or our desires. Our truth should be based on what is God's viewpoint on the matter. So as we get ready to enter into 2023 by God's grace, I am here to declare it's re-evaluation time. Amen. And one of the definitions of reevaluate means to judge or determine the significance, the worth, and the quality of, and it means to assess. Yes. That's what reevaluate, one of the definitions mean. It's time to reevaluate. Did you use your gift or your gifts for God's glory in 2022? And then you need to determine if you are going to use your gift or gifts in greater significance for God's glory in 2023. Amen. All right? Amen. Yes, amen. As you are reevaluating, re if you are, remember that God's gifts and callings are without repentance. He does not give you the gift or your calling to only take them back. God does not do that. He gives you your gifts and calling for you to make the choice to use your gifts and callings for his glory. Hmm. Amen? And you can depend on God to use you if you position yourself to be used by him. Hmm? 
All right. Now, several weeks ago, God, the Holy Spirit, through Minister Perlene, asked us several questions. Y'all remember, what's in your box to give to Jesus? Why do you come into God's house with a box full of junk? Why is your box locked up? Why are you blocking your blessings? What are we doing outside of God's house? And are we loving on Jesus? And do we let Jesus know that we love him? And she asked, she said this, thing. she said, Satan hangs on because you haven't given up what's in your box. Today I have been given to the release to ask, and I alluded to, the, to it earlier, are you going to use your gift or your gifts for God's glory in 2023? We're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. Are you going to use your gift or in some cases gifts for God's glory in 2023. Now, now Peter wrote this, wrote this to believers in the various regions of Asia Minor, or today, which we call it Turkey. Peter loved to lead, but he had to go through a lot of brokenness to learn how. He loved to lead. Lead, but he had to go through a lot of brokenness to learn how. You know, remember Peter, he was the first one that would cuss you out. <laughs> he was the one that cut the soldier's ear off. Yeah. Peter was the first one, though, that got the revelation of who Jesus was. Yes. Yes. But he had to go through a, a lot of brokenness in order to learn how to lead. He wrote this book for, for churches to encourage them to persevere despite their own suffering, trials, and persecution. He wanted believers to know that new birth in Christ gives hope that will aid perseverance despite what we go through. And he blends doctrinal truth with practical truth so that we can apply that truth to our normal, everyday Christian lives. See, he knew suffering because of his choice to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Peter didn't have no natural death. He didn't die by natural causes. Peter was crucified, in fact, upside down. Amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was no ordinary natural death. He didn't have a heart attack. He got crucified. But upside down. Mm -hmm. But see, Peter also learned how to endure it with joy and victory rather than with sadness and defeat. He learned how to endure suffering with joy and victory, rather than with sadness and defeat. In other words, he was not having a pity party about the things that he was going through. He learned to go through them with joy and victory. Not that he was going to get joy or get victory, but he had joy and victory as he was going through the suffering. My God. Yes. Mm. My God. Help me, Jesus. 
This is a lesson we need to learn today as our culture grows increasingly hostile against the Christian faith. If you're going to be a real kingdom disciple, your salvation must be a visible reality that affects all you do. Not just lip service, but a physical manifestation in the things that you do. Your salvation, you don't have to tell people that you're saved. They will just know it by your actions. Now, I've got a question before we go into it any deeper. Do your actions reflect the life of Christ when you're outside of these walls? Mm. So are you going to use your gift or gifts for his glory at 2023? I'm going to read 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 through 11, but I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation because it's a little bit easier to read than the King James Version. So I'm going to be reading so it will sound differently compared to if you got a King James Version. Verse 1 says, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Hmm. I don't want to stay here. i got somewhere else to be. Verse 2 says, you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, mm -hmm. but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the past of the evil things godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness, and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Verse 4 says, of course your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. How many have experienced that? Amen. When you got saved, sanctified, and left those old friends that used to do things that you used to enjoy with them. Mm -hmm. Now they talk about you. You think you're more than what you are. You think you're all this and all that. Now you're looking down on me. So they talk about you. Amen? Hmm. Amen. Of course, verse 5 says, but remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. Verse 6 says, that is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they, although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the spirit because they received God or Jesus as their, as their Savior. Mm -hmm. Verse 7 says, the end of the world is coming soon. Let me re repeat that. The end of the world is coming soon. Amen. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Cheerfully, it says. Share your home. With those who need a meal or a place to stay. Now, sometimes, I'm just going to be honest, it's a struggle. Amen. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just going to be real. I'm like, I, I wish I could be religious and all that and say, it's easy. But no, it's not. Especially if you know what they've been doing and not really trying to help themselves, but want to depend on you to take care of them, especially when they're grown. Amen. Verse 10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them, use them well to serve one another. Verse 11 says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus. All glory and power to him forever. Amen. In verse 10, I'll read in the King James part. It says this, And as every man hath received the gift, even to minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now the Greek word for gift is charisma. It's related to other words derived from the root word car, which is C-H-A-R. Charisma is spelled C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A. So the root word is car. Kara, which is another derivative, is C-H-A-R-A, means joy, cheerfulness, and delight. But charis is grace, goodwill, and undeserved favor. So charisma is a gift of grace, yes, yes. a free gift, a divine gratuity, a spiritual endowment, and miraculous faculty. Charisma is a grace. Your spiritual gift is a grace from God. Charisma is, is especially used to designate the gifts of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians, you don't have to go there, chapter 12, 4 through 11, which says, of New King James, there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works in all these, distributing to each one as the Spirit or He wills. Yes. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28 says, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, and varieties of tongues. Spiritual gifts. This is what you really need to understand. Are portions of God's grace. There is more to God's grace than strength when you are weak. Hmm? Spiritual gifts display the personal, powerful presence of God the Holy Spirit.
Holy Spirit and are given to every believer for the common good of the church. No one person has all the gifts. Now they may have multiple, but all the gifts should be at work in the church today. Not just a single gift, but more, and these gifts, these lists are not exhaustive. Somewhere in there, you should find yourself. Amen. You don't all have to be a prophet or apostle, but you can have the ministry of helps. Yes. Or the gift of administration. But are you going to use those gifts for God's glory? Hmm. Amen. Amen. I want you to know this as a believer. You are a minister. See, minister has been tainted now. We think minister has been somebody that's been designated to only preach from here. But the actual uh, meaning of minister, Hebrew meaning of minister, means you are to serve. Amen. A minister is a servant. And if you are a believer, you are a servant of God. So therefore, you are a minister. That don't mean you are called to preach. Don't get me twisted. Don't get me twisted. But you are a minister because we are all called to serve. Who? One another. We are all ministers. Spiritual gifts are not badges of honor or signs of spiritual maturity, and they are not earned. All right? Yes. Your attitude in 2023 concerning using your gift or gifts for God's glory should be making yourself willing and available for Him to use you. Amen? Now, we are to serve others based on the spiritual gift or gifts that we have received. When I was growing up, there were full-service gas stations everywhere. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Amen. There were very few self-serve right. at that time. And what they did was the attendant would fill your tank. You may have two of them. One would detect your tire pressure. Mm -hmm. And they would check your oil and wash your windows and fill up your gas tank. And take care of your car. Now those gas stations are hard to find today. But unfortunately, many attend church like a self-service gas station. They fill up on preaching and go home until they need more gas. And they come get it the next Sunday. Fill up, empty out, and come back. Don't serve nobody nothing. Use all the gas for themselves. Running A to B to A, back to A. Running all over the place for everything else but serving others. Mm. God intends his church to be a full to be a full service station with each member providing for the well-being of others. You need to remember you are a steward of God's grace. Amen. 
Your spiritual gift is a gift of God's grace. Mm -hmm. And you need to remember that you are managing something that is very precious that you have received, but you don't own. You don't own your gift. You manage your gift. Amen. And since you are a receptor of grace, you ought to be a conduit of grace. Was a conduit something that a pipe or something that passed, lets things pass through? Spiritually speaking, you ought to be a channel for God to flow through you. A conduit for grace. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So whatever your spiritual gift is, it's about God's glory and not yours. Hmm? All right. God expects us to use what he has given us. No matter how insignificant they may seem. Why? Because it's him that gave it to us. Hmm? Whether you think it's a big gift or a small gift, God gave you that gift to reflect his glory. Hmm? So you need to position yourself to be used. Here comes the teaching. How you do that? Number one, you got to give God your life. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 12. Very familiar. Romans chapter 12. You need to give God your life. Or present God your life. says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world, yes. but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and, and perfect will of God. When you present your body as a living sacrifice, that means a complete and total surrender. It's the difference between what a chicken and a pig bring to a bacon and egg breakfast. <laughs> the chicken contributes, but the pig gives everything. <laughs> right? Think about it. <laughs> the chicken contributes an egg, but the pig gives ham and bacon. The chicken continues to live its life on earth. The pig is gone by the wayside. Amen. And into your belly if you like that stuff and, and, and be done. Right? What we often try to do with God is give an egg here and an egg there. But God wants sacrifice. He wants the ham and the bacon. He wants it all. 
As I said, the chicken gives a small part, but the pig has given his life. Once you offer yourself fully to God, your relationship with the world should be altered. If your relationship with the world is not altered, that must mean you have not given your life fully over to him. Because you should be different from the world. You're in the world, but you are not of the world. All right? We are not to be conformed to this world. In other words, be a part of the system that leaves God out. But we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And if we are going to be used, or if you're going to be used, if, if you're going to use your gift for his glory, your mind must be renewed daily. Daily. Hmm? But the beautiful thing about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, you are not responsible for the transformation. God is. <laughs> and if you have given yourself fully to Him and you start reevaluating yourself with the Word, you will start re He will start renewing your mind. Your responsibility is just to get into the Word for the reevaluating time. Amen. Hmm? When God has all of you, and the world has none of you, the Holy Spirit does the work to renew your confused mind. Let's understand what renewing is. It is to renovate, implying a restoration to freshness, freshness, or to an original state. Amen? It means returning to the original intent that God had for us when he created us. All right, let's go a little deeper for God on God's original intent. The book of Genesis tells us that God created man out of the dust of the ground. Then he breathed his own life into man's nostril, and man became a living soul. And then God called that man Adam. Adam had a life that differed from plant and animal life. And you go back and read Genesis, his life was different than what the plant and animals had, right? Yes. He was created in God's own image and likeness, which means that he, God's original intent for man was to, to have an everlasting, eternal spirit. We were not created to die. We were created to live forever. Amen. Man was designed, Adam was designed to be like God, fellowship with God, and enjoy a close relationship with God forever. How can Adam be like God? God gave him the authority to name everything. Before, before everything had a name, Adam gave God, God gave Adam the authority, so that makes him what? Like God. And since he was in the, created originally to be an eternal being, he was what? Like God. So God was going to have a, an eternal created Adam to have an eternal relationship with him. Amen. Amen. God's original intent was and still is to walk, talk, and enjoy a relationship with us. God, God has a goal in renewing our minds. 
This renewal allows him to merge his thoughts with our thoughts so that he can bring his plans into our lives. Think about it. God wants to merge his thoughts with our thoughts so that his plans will come into fruition in the earth. That was God's, that's God's original intent for us. Mm. And all of this begins when you give your life to him completely. So number one, you got to give your life to him. Completely. Number two is, to use your spiritual gifts, or gifts in 2023, you need to give God your best. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. And this scripture is often used for offering, but it also has a much deeper meaning as well. Not only for offering. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. It says this, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which who soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he has purposed or decided in his heart, so let him give, not what? Grudgingly. Or of what? Necessity. Why? For God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8 says, and God is able to make what? All grace. Yeah, that word again. Abound towards you that you always having a having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. The Greek word for cheerful is hilaros. That's where we get our word hilarious. Hilaros means this, though. It means not to be laughing, but it means to be willing, good-natured, and joyfully ready. We ought to be willing, good-natured about it, right? And joyfully ready to do it. Hmm? Not grudgingly doing what God called you to do. Hmm. Not complaining about it. When you when you get asked to do something that God has gifted you to do. Hmm? Hmm? The word describes a spirit of enjoyment in giving that sweeps away all restraints. You can learn to be a cheerful giver by studying the greatest giver this world has ever known, which is God. For God so loved the world that he did what? Gave. His only what? Begotten Son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave us his absolute best. Yes. Yes. Mm. And what did Jesus do? He willingly left behind the riches and glory of his heavenly kingdom to come down, put on the earth suit, and give his life. So that we could be come back to the original intent which God had, which is to be in fellowship with him. God gave his absolute best. So why do we cheat God when we don't give him our best? Not talking about your money, I'm talking about your time, treasure, talents, all of it. All of you. Hmm. 
Right? Amen. Let me say this. Nothing that we can ever do will outgive God. Mm -hmm. Psalm says you can't beat God's giving no matter how you try. That's right. And just as sure you are living and the Lord is in heaven on high, the more you give, the more he gives to you. But keep on giving because it's really true yes. that you can't beat God's giving no matter how you try. Amen. You can't beat God's giving no matter how hard you try. And God gave us his absolute that song was written by Billy Preston. Didn't know until I researched it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a believer, we have been, as believers, we have been called to be the light of the world. Our spiritual gifts is a way for God's light to shine through us and our spiritual gifts and our gifts and callings are not just limited to this church and to the church building. Amen. Your gifts and your callings can be used outside yes. but still with the same intent to bring glory to God. Not just in here but at your job. They know you say or claim to be. And <laughs> probably know what church you go to. Remember, we are representatives of Christ inside the church and more importantly, outside the church. In your home. Because some of our lives, I'm not saying that about our church, but somewhere in another city. <laughs> The home life and the church life don't match up. Mm. When you trust God and honor him by generously giving your time, treasure, and talent, you are truly letting your light shine before men and your goodness will reflect radiantly on God. So you need to give God your all. Give him your best. I'm not give God your all. Give God Give God your life. Give God your best. And number three is give God your all. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is all getting us prepared, getting us ready by God's grace to go into 2023. This is reevaluation time. Pause and reflect and think about the gift, gifts that God has given you to be to manage. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 says this, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. All of it. Everything that you do as a believer, whether it's significant or mundane as eating or drinking, should be carried out with a heartfelt desire to bring glory to God. Now, see, God's glory is this temple manifested presence during the church service. 
which is good, or in your house or wherever. But also, it's a description of his character, his quality, his beauty, and his name being put on display. That's God's glory as well. It's not just a goosebump feeling, not just a high time in the Lord, and not all of that. That's good. Don't get me wrong. His presence manifests because there's joy in his presence. However, God's glory also is his character, his quality, his beauty, his name being put on display. So when you give God your all, that means you are putting him on display and not you on display. Some people misuse the gifts by putting themselves on display and very little of God on display. That's backwards. That's upside down. We are to put God on display from the big to the little. And then all in the middle. God should be on display in our life as a believer, especially now during this time of darkness. Hmm? People have got to see God and not you. When they see more of you, and less of God, you are out of order. <laughs> and the Bible tells us that he does things decently and in order. When you put your feelings above his feelings, when you put your spirit in front of his spirit, when you put you on display and not him on display, you are my friend, my buddy, my pal, buckaroo, out of order. Amen. We are to display God's glory. Amen. 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 Hmm. And when you are out of order, the same thing that happened to Adam and Eve will happen to you. But the thing about it is, you won't even know it. <laughs> you think you're going along doing it. But you've been put out the garden and don't even recognize. Why? Because you're not hearing from God because you can't. Because when you're out of order, you can't hear from God because you have to be in line. Spirit, soul, and body. Not soul, spirit, and body. Or body, soul, and spirit. You have to be spirit, soul, and body in a line with God so that you can hear from God because your spirit is the only part that will be able to really hear from God. And when you are out of line, your spirit can't hear because your mind has gotten in the way. And you get put out of the garden and don't even know it. That's why it says you have to renew your mind. And I say daily. Submit, the Bible says in another place, submit yourself, put yourself under subjection. When? Daily. Because it's easy to get out of order. And don't even know that you're out of order. And you will miss your visitation from God when you are out of order. Hmm. Jesus. Jesus. So you need to give God what? You're all. He created us so that the glory he already had within himself would be known and praised. 
He is infinitely glorious. He is merciful. He is holy. He is gracious and just within himself. But let me tell you something. He does not need you to glorify him. <laughs> he don't need you to glorify him. He can do that on his own. But he chooses you to display his glory through you. He wants you to, but he don't need you to. Because if you think he needs you, he'll find somebody else. Don't think you're so special that you're going to stop God from having his glory displayed. He will display it whether it went through you or through somebody else. Amen? Amen. Your purpose for being on this planet is to glorify God. He wants you to, but he don't need you to. But that's your purpose, is to glorify him if you choose. See, he loves us so much he lets us choose, whether to glorify him or not. You got to remember this. It's God's timing, not yours. It's God's will, not yours. It's God's plan, not yours. It's God's glory, not yours. Let me repeat that. It's God's timing, not yours. It's God's will, not yours. It's God's plan, not yours. It's God's glory, not yours. Are you going to use your gift or gifts for his glory? In 2023. We have sat long enough And mismanaged them long enough. Yes. It's reevaluation time. Are you going to display God or are you going to continually display yourself? Mm -hmm. wow. Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, mm -hmm. but the end thereof is what? Destruction. And remember this you can choose not to use it, but you will be judged for not using it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> God said, don't say to you that doesn't they? I gave you all these things. What did you do with them? Hmm? What did you do with them? So you give God your life. Give God your best. And give God your all in 2023. Amen? Amen. Thank God for his word. Thank yes. God for his word. Give God your, give God your life. Give God your best and give God your all. Amen. Amen.